Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message.
Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ child was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary the mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed and returned to their own country by another way. Thank you.
pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you and in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Epiphany, the day on which we celebrate the arrival of the Magi at the manger was Wednesday of this last week, January 6th. It's the same day every year, 12 days after Christmas Day. Sometimes we call the Magi wise men, though surely there must have been wise women there somewhere in the mix. Our scriptures tell us that the Magi followed the bright star in the sky that illumined their path and led them to Jesus. On Epiphany, we celebrate light and life and joy and the birth of Jesus. It's a day of peace and hope. And this year's Epiphany, in one way, began that way, with the celebration of Raphael Warnock's Senate win, the pastor who holds Martin Luther King Jr.'s pulpit at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Ebenezer Baptist, which has also been a hub of civil rights organizing many times at great risk, now uh, a center of this man's home, a spiritual home. Wherever you come down on partisan politics, if you are an anti-racist, to hear someone say, as Warnock did, that his mother used to pick someone else's cotton, but on election day, she got to pick her youngest son for U.S. Senate, well, this is a good day. But then the day quickly devolved as insurrectionists, many of them armed, seeking to overturn the lawful election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, stormed and desecrated our nation's capital. My guess is that like my family and me, you were glued to the news and other media shocked that such events could be taking place here in the United States the country that has long been seen as a pinnacle of democracy marked by centuries of the peaceful transfer of power. Now, please don't get me wrong. This country isn't perfect. I don't put allegiance to country higher than allegiance to God, and I hope you won't either. I do not advocate that U.S. flags have a place in sanctuaries. But I do use the word desecration intentionally with its connotation of the destruction of something sacred. This is not a Christian country, but it is a country where we hold in common trust the values of respect for human life, democratic governance, fairness, the rule of just law, and the hope that we would live up to the self-evident truths of the inherent equality of all people, which is imbued at creation. The upholding of these common values is the glue that keeps us as close as we can come to being a community in all of our diversity. And communities based on the hope of goodness are sacred things. And so, yes, I use the word desecration intentionally 
when describing the violence in the Capitol on Wednesday because our sacred community was harmed. The individuals who stormed the Capitol were obviously not a sacred community. And that mob was nothing but white faces and supremacist actions. But the sacred community that gathered at the manger was a diverse one. It was a multi-religious and multi-racial one. As the Magi who traveled from the East to pay homage to the one who has been born King of the Jews have been thought to originate from the regions of India, Persia, and Arabia. Some sources say that they were Zoroastrian, a religion that incorporated astrology. In any case, they were not Jewish, but they came together with the shepherds, with Mary and Joseph, with the baby Jesus, in the hope of goodness. And as such, they were a sacred community. The story goes that these wise ones traveled to Jerusalem and visited the despot ruler, Herod. They asked him, where is the one who is to be born the king of the Jews, the one for whom we have traveled so far? Herod, unaware of this event, paranoid and disturbed, he would be dethroned, gathered his chief priests in collusion. Then he said to the Magi to search for the child and return to him with the location of this king of the Jews so he could kill him. Though he lied about this and said to the Magi that he wanted to worship the baby, but that was a lie. I don't need to spend time there. You can see the, the, the parallels in this story of a deranged and paranoid ruler sending others out to dethrone and disrupt that these parallels are too obvious. You can see these for yourselves. But I do want to focus on what the righteous magi did in response, what epiphany really means and what it means for us today. How did these magi know what was right and what was wrong and what to do? The scripture tells us that the magi left Herod and continued to follow the star, finally finding the stable or humble house where Jesus was. They entered reverently, bearing their gifts before them, bowing and worshiping. And after some time with this sacred community, the scripture tells us, that being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own homes by another route. The first thing we can learn from the Magi is that they refused to have any other authority but a spiritual authority, God's authority. In spite of the intimidation and the role of Herod, they were not cowed or convinced. They followed the authority confirmed in their hearts, the authority that demonstrates its realness by the response we feel when we follow it. If we feel more hopeful, open, courageous, loving, reverent, humble, these are the fruits of the spirit, then we know that the authority is real. But if something or someone proposes to be an authority but leaves us feeling angry, or fearful, or closed, or vengeful, or grandiose, 
then we should know that we are dealing with a false authority. How many times do we let false authorities guide our steps, our decisions, or even our thoughts? A false authority can certainly be external, like in this story, but we have have evidence also that a false authority can be internal too. It can be that nagging voice that says we aren't good enough, or we aren't strong enough, that we don't belong. And it can be an external voice saying, take what you can for yourself. Don't consider others. But see what those voices do? They close us off. They diminish us. They make us feel smaller. When we notice this happening, we must name it as a false authority and turn back to our true gifts like the Magi did. These gifts are the second lesson of the Magi, the wise ones who came bearing their best treasures. These gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh represented their origins, but more importantly, they're symbols of the way the light of Jesus exposes what we are bringing. Are we bringing true gifts or are we bringing more darkness? The light of the stars shone on these best gifts of the wise ones, showing that they were offering the best of what they had. But the light can also show ugliness and where persons are mired in the worst of what they have to bring. The message of Advent, of Christmas, of Epiphany, is that the light will shine in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. But we do have to see what the light exposes in all of its beauty and its ugliness. The gift of the light itself is that we can now see reality for what it is. Which leads us to the third lesson of the Magi. When the light exposes reality for what it is, we must allow ourselves to be challenged by this new information as hard as it may be. To be challenged to look at hate and delusion is frightening and uncomfortable. But remember this, that which does not challenge us cannot change us. I'm reminded of the line from T.S. Eliot's famous poem, The Journey of the Magi where the wise one says, did we come all this way for birth or death? There was birth. Certainly we had evidence and no doubt. I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places, these kingdoms, but no longer at ease here. I think we could say that of our own country this week, no longer at ease here if we ever were. In light of what the wise ones experienced at the manger and how it exposed the evil of Herod, the Magi did not return to him and instead headed back to their countries by different routes. They had become part of a new sacred community that took risks to protect 
the goodness and the hope and the love that they had glimpsed at the manger. Divine power expressed not in violence or might, but in hope, in love, generosity, in courage. How will we be challenged and changed by what we witnessed on Wednesday and what we have experienced at the manger? To many of us, the violence, the disrespect, the supremacy, not to mention the lack of protection from police, though horrifying, was not surprising. I urge you to find what part of this scene and the scene at the manger actually challenges you, goes beyond your surprise and maybe even your cynicism. Identify it and bring it into the light and let it change you. Let that change lead you to action and know that as you are challenged, changed and respond, you do so standing in sacred community. You live in the light of this community and of God's incarnation. Be empowered by it, claim it, and ever widen the circle of this true sacred community. Amen. podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, 
YouTube and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. The way the Holy Prophets went, I'll never turn back no more. The road that leads from banishment, I'll never Yeah.